Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fix? Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier, and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real-time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash Modern Mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love Mama. Welcome to the Modern Mamas Podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire, empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Good morning, afternoon. Hello, everyone. It's Jess here. Another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast coming at you. And today I have a really timely episode. I think a lot of us could use this message. I'm just really, really, really looking forward to discussing this, partly for my own personal (laughs) needs and desires. But we have Robin Downs on the podcast. Welcome, Robin. And we're going to be talking about the feel-good effect and how to turn healthy behaviors into habits. And originally, we kind of set this topic up before a lot of things happened in the world. And I feel like we're going to touch touch on healthy behaviors into habits, but we're also going to be talking about like your book, which is The Feel-Good Effect and how to start reclaiming your wellness and using tiny, tiny shifts over time. And within that joy, I mean, there's so many layers I feel like we're going to be able to to dive into today. But welcome. Thank you for joining us. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So if you guys don't know Robin, let me give you a quick rundown of her and her work and what she does. But Robin uses simple science-backed strategies to help people cut through life's clutter to uncover small shifts that create huge change. She believes in finding more calm, ease, and joy in your life right now and lives by her model, Gentle is the New Perfect, holding a master's degree in education with an emphasis in behavior change and four years of public policy and health change at the doctoral level. Her work taps into cutting-edge science around psychology, neuroscience, mindfulness, and habits. Recently named one of the most influential women in wellness, words are hard today, she Mm -hmm. helps people cut through life's clutter to uncover small shifts that create huge change. And you also wrote a book, and I'm holding it like in my hands right now because I read about it and I was like, I I have to have this. Can you tell us before we like really dive in about the book as well? Yeah. So the book, as you mentioned, is called The Feel Good Effect. And it's like a a small book. And it's I think it's really beautiful book. We wanted it to feel good when you were holding (laughs) it. And I wrote this book because I was really I was really struggling in my life at the time. It actually reminds me the impetus for all of the work that I do was like this low moment in my life. It reminds me a lot of right now, which is, I think, a low moment for a lot of us Mm -hmm. for various reasons where I just felt like I, I felt like I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not doing it. I felt like 
this isn't the way that I thought, like, this isn't what life's supposed to be. (laughs) You know, I feel miserable all the time. And the things that I thought were going to make me happy aren't. I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm always behind. I feel like I'm missing my life. And so I have a background, like you mentioned, in the science behind behavior change. So how we make form and maintain habits, but then also policy. So what we do at a systems level that support change and then mindfulness and yoga and a whole bunch of other things. I'm a lifelong learner. So Mm, (laughs) I've done a lot of school and I kind of realized that maybe the approach that I had to life was not serving me. And actually maybe I wasn't the problem. I wasn't broken. I just was using really bad advice. (laughs) And (laughs) so that's how the book, well, I did a lot of research on my own on kind of what I say, science-based life tested, like working on what might work for me and then sharing it first through my podcast. So I have a, a podcast also called The Feel Good Effect. And then that was resonating so much that I turned it into a book because I think we just, it's nice to have a guide that you can pick up and even if you don't have time to read a whole book, which I completely see you, if that's you, it's like sometimes you just need a few words. And that's what I hope to do with a book. Oh, my gosh. The book is incredible, you guys. I was telling Robin that I ordered it. It is beautiful. It's like the perfect size. I can't describe it. It's beautiful. It has like a soft cover. It's got gorgeous, like calming colors on the front. And you just like everything from the colors to the like the little pictures that you have inside are just so good and i wanted i do, i have multiple pages dog-eared and so many things underlined i i <laughs> wanted to share something i was like what am i going to share i have too many things underlined but if you're okay with me reading one part that really resonates with me and i think will resonate with a lot of people right now would that be okay if i read a, of a course sentence? yeah so i have this dog-eared and then i have this particular thing asterisk and i think So from, and I can only speak for myself sometimes right now, given the last year or so, I can feel guilt and shame around wanting to feel joy or feel good. And you wrote in here, so you said, occasionally when I explain the feel good effect, I come across someone who gets hung up on the term feel good. Confusing it with taking the easy route, being selfish, or going for immediate gratification. To be clear, feeling good is none of those things. Feeling good doesn't mean you disregard other people's needs, that you feel happy all the time, or that you ignore the serious problems of the world. Feeling good doesn't mean everything is easy either. Instead, as you'll see, feeling good is something you will define for yourself. It will be generally defined as a feeling of ease, well-being, meaning, and fulfillment. And that just got me, because I... I picked up the book this morning. I've been trying to really focus on, like, just focus on what I can control. And, like, I've been finding my own thoughts and my mind kind of spinning out. And there's a lot of things are happening that are outside of my control with my family and, like, business in the world. And I'm just trying to find control. And it's not working, right? Because I can't <laughs> control everything like I had previously spent. I spent the last 37 years trying to control literally everything. And when I read that, because I was feeling guilt about wanting to find some peace. Mm. And then I read that and I was just like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it doesn't mean that I don't care. It just means that to me, at least my take on it is like in order to show up in the world and be a wife and be a mom and actually help people empower them to like lead healthier lives. Like, I also have to not be in this like 
crazy spinning out of control cycle, (laughs) whether Mm -hmm. it's emotional or it's the trap of like doing more. Like I just like, it's so good. I can't wait to devour the rest of it. I'm itching to find some quiet time to, to read through it, but I just think so many people are going to really resonate with your book. And I'm so happy that you wrote it. And (laughs) I'm not happy that you went through all the things that you went to, but I through to kind of get to that point. But I'm happy that you learned a lot because you tell about your story in the beginning about how you had your new your new kiddo and you're like standing in the living room and you just kind of like lost it. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. So thank you for being vulnerable mm. and putting your work out into the world. I know it's not easy. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> Sorry, went on a little mini rant. But when I really find something that I get connected to, we have a lot of people that come on the podcast and share really, really amazing things. But every once in a while, I just get like, I pick up something that someone has created. I'm just like, this is this is going to help so many people. So, okay. Sorry to get, I, I do. Oh, don't apologize. <laughs> don't Never apologize for caring about something or feeling something, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard habit to break in and of itself. And <laughs> on that note, kind of, we'll switch gears to talk a little bit about the idea behind how to turn healthy behaviors into habits. So, this is something that I particularly taken a really special interest in over the last couple of years because I, I have gone down a lot of the spirals that you also describe in your intro. Like I can literally get it all together. I can have the best diet. I can have my workout plan. I can do the meditation. I got all the apps. I've got all the the gadgets that I need, and of course, I'll stick with them for a while. And like you mentioned in the book, oftentimes something will happen, life will happen, a pandemic will happen, you know, multiple different things will happen at once, or just little things will kind of derail me from the progress that I've made, quote unquote. And I want to talk about how, instead of falling back into maybe like old ways of living and things that haven't served us in the past, how do we turn these behaviors that we really, really, really want to stick? Like, of course, we want to eat nourishing foods and move our bodies in a way that feels good and drink more water and, you know, all the things, meditate. But how do we turn those behaviors into habits we don't really have to think about? And I'm really, really excited about that. And I know you kind of gave us a little bit of like a background before, but like what really got you to this place where helping people find those like, daily habits in a simple, gentle way? Like, how did that happen? Well, I look at habits a little bit differently than most people in the space. So researcher, I use the research, but I use a couple different fields. And that's typically not, we're in a siloed world, right? Like, and very polarized. And typically, people look at habits through one lens. And I try to look at it them through multiple lenses. And so what that means is that in the first part of the book, you'll notice that it's about mindset or the way oh the way that we think. So that was really pulling from neuroscience and psychology but also from mindfulness. And so the way that we think really influences habits and that's the part I feel that's often ignored. And when we don't focus on mindset, it's really hard. That's like why I think so many people try and fail with habits because they don't have this piece that's really important. And then the second part is a a more traditional approach to habits, like from a, it's called behavioral, applied behavior analysis or behavioral perspective of like what really works in terms of setting up for success. So I think 
the bigger answer to your question, maybe, is that all the things that we think will work don't, and then we blame ourselves. (laughs) Like, we really have internalized this message that you need to be more willpowered and have more discipline and try harder. And the research really doesn't support that. But we are so convinced that that's true, that we'll keep doing the same things over and over that don't work and then blaming ourselves for it. So I hope to give people this alternative way of looking at it, which is if we think about it differently and we create these systems and supports to make it easier, that's an option too. (laughs) That might work better. You know, we almost have to give ourselves permission to, like you were saying before about the feel-good fallacy maybe giving yourself permission to find some ease, but that's okay. You know, maybe to give yourself permission to pause, but that's okay that you still, I mean, this is like veering into a whole part that I didn't include in the book, but just how much sometimes our self-worth is tied to doing more, being more, pushing more. And, and so that's like, that's the work is to be able to say, is that really what I think? Is that really true? Is that how I want, you know, I appeal to mothers and caregivers that I don't, if I can't, maybe I can't find that, I can't make that shift for myself. But when I think about my daughter, do I want her to think that? I want her to go through her life that way? No. So maybe I can change the story in my own life so that she can learn that, you know, no, you don't have to feel bad all the time and guilty and like you're failing and beating yourself up and impossible standards. Like, I don't want that for her. I don't want that for anyone. So it is kind of radical in that it's so different than what we think is true, but it's not made up either. So I always like to mention that (laughs) because like, I didn't just think this out of nowhere. It's amazingly supported by years and years of research. So it's, it's a shift though, right? It takes time, but it's totally possible. Absolutely. And I think just going back to that, I've always, you know, whether it was externally or I internalized this message or thought I heard it, it's like, it's not worth it if it's not hard to achieve, yes. right? You know, like. Where did, and where did that come? Like, yeah. let's break that down. Where did that come from for you? I mean, I honestly think my my parents probably. But here's the thing. They never told me, you have to do these things. I don't know if it was just a general like, oh, I happened to work hard and achieve something. And that positive feedback loop was like, great job. Like, we're so proud of you. And then, of course, I'm like, oh, I want more of that. Like, I want more of that affirmation. And then it just became my life. Like, I I was the valedictorian of my my class. I got, you know, perfect grades essentially in college and I continue to see how that shows up in my life. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to untangle sometimes. It is. And I, I don't have to go like super deep therapy right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like I think it's good to reflect though, when you hear yourself saying those things, Mm -hmm. first of all, just to start noticing, like that's always the first step is awareness, Mm -hmm. non-judgmental awareness. Oh, I noticed that Hmm, I noticed that that's an assumption I have. Hmm, I noticed that that's something I'm telling myself. Is that true? Is that what I want to be true? But to know that what you're describing is what I call the striving mindset, that that actually has worked for many of us. Mm -hmm. 
right? So for me, somewhat similar, that worked for me really well in high school. That worked for me really well in my career before I had kids, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so you think this is the way, this is how we do it. And then you keep piling on that striving into like additional full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could do it when your only job was going to high school. Mm -hmm. But my guess is, what's happened is you're applying that striving now to everything, Mm -hmm. to motherhood, to housekeeping, Mm -hmm. to life management, to your business, to this podcast. And what happens is that it's like, oh, have you ever heard that analogy of the frog in water? Mm, I don't know. Turn on. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I can't. Now you have to tell us. (laughs) So I don't even know if this is true, but the idea that is, I don't know who is boiling frogs in the first place, but I apologize to frog lovers everywhere. But the idea was that if uh, you put a frog in a pot and you turn up the water, it doesn't realize it's getting boiled because it's incrementally, the heat is getting turned up. And I believe that that's what's happened for many of us is that these impossible standards keep piling up and we expect ourselves to manage it and handle it when it was impossible to begin with. So, you know, you could do that in high school. How in the world are you expecting yourself to do that now when you have the equivalent of eight times what you were managing in high school or a hundred times? Oh yeah. And when we don't, we think it's, we like blame ourselves. (laughs) Like, no, 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 it's not your fault. This is impossible literally impossible what we're expecting of ourselves. So I'm never saying like, give up, be lazy, don't have goals and throw in the towel. I'm just saying like, what a preposterous reality that we live in right now that we're expecting that in every ad in every, oh, and also, hey, also you should exercise all the time. Let's (laughs) apply that to exercise. Let's apply that to eating. Let's apply that to your body size. Mm -hmm. Let's apply that to faith. Let's apply that to your relationships. Like, mm-hmm. whoa. Yeah. No, let's yeah. not do that. So I think that's what's happened. I know for me, that's what happened. Yeah. Hi friends, Laura here with a quick break to tell you a little bit about one of our absolute favorite products and companies. Our friends at Paleo Valley are on a mission to help people reclaim vibrant health, providing products that prioritize nutrient density in an industry that prioritizes everything else. They believe that every dietary choice and every added ingredient is a powerful opportunity to love and care for ourselves. And we couldn't agree more. I love the organ complex and sea serum for everyday holistic health support. And the beef and turkey sticks are our favorite travel essentials when we're out in the van. And right now we are digging the super greens. They're organic, they're non-GMO, and they contain the actual ingredients that you can use that aren't going to cause inflammation. And right now you can get 15% off of your Paleo Valley order with the code MODERNMAMAS. Check it out. Absolutely. And that's 100% what's happened with, with me as well. It's like, and you know, I have to take a moment because I also know inadvertently, like by pretending, not pretending, but like demonstrating that like, hey, I have a podcast and I do a blog and I run a a successful business. And I'm also like doing the motherhood thing. And I'm like, trying to be a good spouse and like showing obviously the best parts of what that looks like all the time can also perpetuate this idea that, okay, she's doing it. I'm talking about myself. Like someone might be looking at me and be like, okay, somehow she's figuring out how to do this. 
So it's possible to do it without losing your mind. But like, and then like having other people put that expectation on themselves. Like if she can do it, I can do it. And I know that there are people in my life that I look to where I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it. It's like this whole cycle and no one's actually saying like, this is really hard and impossible and I am not doing well. You know, like no one's really sharing that for the most part, at least not on social media, which, by the way, let me just remind you guys, like social media is not real life. And that's the truth, you know. So anyways, sorry for that rant. (laughs) Well, I think we need to normalize imperfection, Mm -hmm. which is just like the fact that we even call it that is absurd to me. It's just like perfection doesn't exist. That's not reality. It's Mm -hmm. not possible. I will yell at you (laughs) into this microphone. (laughs) Perfection doesn't exist. It's not real. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. So if we are looking at other people and applying that lens of perfection, like that's just a fallacy. It's not true. So Mm -hmm. we need to normalize imperfection and maybe rebrand it into just normalcy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we need to like reclaim that and say, you know what my day looks like? I have a morning routine and I could show you that I was doing 20 minutes of movement. And I, you know, I want to show you that because I want to, I want you to think about what your life would be, you know, how you could add movement in. I want to inspire you. But it's like every time I need to add a disclaimer, by the way, normalize imperfection. I was interrupted literally four (laughs) times in this 20 minute workout because I am now responsible for third grade math. Right. (laughs) Actual living nightmare. And like her teacher is amazing. And I'm so grateful for the like amazing work teachers are doing. However, I was, I could, I show that I was working out and your assumption is like, wow, she's so amazing. She does her morning routine. I'm like, yeah. And I got interrupted four times. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was annoyed by it, by the way. I wasn't like <laughs> the most loving. <laughs> like, like, oh, thank you. This. Yeah. Like, like oh. 20 minutes. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? You know, so all that to say, normalize imperfection, normalize interruptions, normalize missing a day, mm-hmm. normalize feeling bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. But know that that doesn't have to be everything either. So I always talk about all or nothing thinking. Like it doesn't have to be that we're either leading this perfect picture, perfect life, or we just say, screw it. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. care. You know, (laughs) I find this middle ground to be the most beautiful, life-giving, joyful place to be where I don't feel like I have to do either of those things. Oh my gosh. Well, on that note, because... All I want to ask you is like, how, how do you find the middle ground? Because I, I, and I know it's way more complicated than a, an hour long podcast can, can tackle. And I'm sure your book covers a lot of that. But like, I think so many of us are seeing that right now. It's like, oh, I started like eating well or eating nourishing foods or meal prepping. And then, and I'll just say like something happens with the the world, which is going to continue to happen all the time. Right. It's not funny. Yeah. It's like truly horrifying. Yes. And yes. it seems to happen like every week now. Yes. And yeah. it's like, I can't, I can't do this. And so for mm-hmm. me, I can only speak for myself and I've seen it. It's like, I was even like at the beginning of January, I was like, okay, this is going to be great. 2021. Like I'm doing all my, I'm like spending time with Jesus. I'm like, you know, doing, reading my books that are helping me. I'm like being calm and I'm having gratitude, writing in my gratitude journal. and then. 
it, you know, a bunch of things actually happened aside from what, what's happening in the world. But I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Like I just literally was like, I give up. I'm going to sleep all day. <laughs> I mean, not really. Cause I have kids, but like, and I'm going to Netflix hard and I'm probably going to drink more wine than I should. And I'm not going to eat healthy because this chocolate is making me feel better. You know, it's like I, and I know so many of us are probably struggling with like, how do you exist in that gray area versus like one extreme or the other? Yeah. And I think I appreciate your honesty about that because that's very relatable. I think in that a lot of things that might've worked before are not working right now because the intensity Mm-hmm. of 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 the stress and trauma frankly in our personal lives and in our country and in the world like it's tr- this is trauma level stress mm-hmm. just it, i don't even think that we will recognize it until it's 5 10 years from now and we'll be like holy cow that mm-hmm. was so unbelievably traumatic so it's like one just acknowledge that that's like you're not a faulty you're not like not managing it well <laughs> this is like really hard yeah it's really hard and one of the I, this is sort of a roundabout answer and I will tell you more but like how to exist in the gray but I do give an antidote to the striving mindset and that self-compassion flexible thinking and gratitude but to do that in a way that's not perfection based <laughs> and <laughs> one of the things about self-compassion is to want the first step is to acknowledge how like the how hard something is or the suffering or the pain and not to bypass that and so to be like you know is it Jess or Jessica do you I my friends call me Jess and you you can call me Jess (laughs) what would you call yourself in your own mind Jess okay so it would be like Jess this is really hard what I'm going through is really hard you know and Mm -hmm. just like we don't have to pretend like it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> like that doesn't make you a bad person to acknowledge like, whoa, this is so much harder. I, I wish it wasn't this hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. And then the second step is our common humanity. This is so hard and I'm not the only one, mm. you know, I like, even if you imagine all the other human beings or moms who are like literally hiding in bed watching Netflix Mm -hmm. right after this podcast. (laughs) And then the third step is to decide to take action or, or to like, it might be acting, might be doing something Mm -hmm. and it might just be not doing anything at all. Just Mm -hmm. acknowledging this is really hard and I'm not the only one. So that's part of it, that self-compassion. And there's some other practices in the book that I give at the end of each in that section on the feel-good mindset. I have some other practices that you could incorporate into your kind of day or week that are really helpful in like changing your brain. So you start to respond differently to mm-hmm. those challenges. Mm-hmm. But with the with the all or nothing thinking, sort of how do we exist in the gray, there's also some very specific tactical practices that are in the book, and I'm happy to share like one example. So if you're feeling like the only two options are to do gratitude every single day, by the way, probably perfectly, like I'm going to do this every single day, that's very all or nothing, that you ask yourself, are the, are those the only two options? Are the, are the only two options here 
like doing what I was doing before kind of the perfect self-care day or like staying in bed all day? Mm-hmm. Is there something in between those two? Mm-hmm. And usually there is. Actually, it's really like very freeing to think about something in the middle. And then also, I think this is a little counter to a lot of the advice given, but like if you need to have a bent a if you really just need to escape for a moment and binge on Netflix, like do it, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's, if it's the only, if you're like constantly masking and escaping through those things, like figuring out some kind of other way to exist, because both of the extremes are pretty hard right, to stay in. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you're onto something and I, <laughs> it's like intellectually, and even most of the time in hindsight, you can be like, yeah, of course that makes sense. And I can tell right. myself that oh, right now, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. And then it's like, you know, you get triggered again in some sort of stress cycle, a cortisol cycle, fight or flight response. And it's like kind of like logical reasoning goes out the window and you're like, this is how it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, we like it's it's. Does that make sense? Like you get yes. triggered and then you go to that extreme and then you have to kind of like claw yourself out of that if you're aware enough to, right? And like that's the whole other like flip side of this is like the self-awareness, you have to kind of know what's happening to a certain degree and be able to step back and take a look at it and be objective a little bit. And that's hard. I mean, yes. it's not always possible and it's not possible for a lot of people. Well. I won't go too much into the neuroscience and like the technical explanation of the brain, but this is all just practice. Like this is practice thought patterns that we've practiced over years and years and years. So if you're 37, you've been practicing them for like 32, three, four years. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It It's not hard because it's not possible. It's hard because you've literally made pathways in your brain. And so when stress comes, you're always going to default to what's easy. And those, th- those thoughts are the easy thoughts mm-hmm. because you practice them over and over. Mm-hmm. Literally, neurologically, those pathways, those connections are strong. Mm-hmm. You, they can see this on fMRIs. Like they're actually connections that you, you have to work to undo. So when stress comes, it's going to go back to that. It's default mode. So the work then is to create these new pathways, this new way of thinking and knowing that it's going to take practice because it took 30 something years or however you are old you are to, to create those others. Like it's going to take time and that it's totally normal. Again, that self-compassion, this is normal. (laughs) This is hard. It's okay. That it's going to take practice to create these new neural pathways, that these new thought patterns and that I still go default mode into the old way. But like you said, practicing that awareness is really this first step and trying to do it without judgment. So just if you were to start spiraling with some of this stuff and you notice it, you don't then judge yourself and beat yourself up. You're just like, of course I did that. That's normal. Like that's how my brain's practice. I now I'm going to try it again. You know, and I think another example is like a child when they're learning to walk and you they they fall down so much. If we if we fell down that much trying to do anything, we will not 
keep doing it. <laughs> like, this is not fun. I don't like this it. Is awful. <laughs> Especially if you have one of those kids that was like, my kid was head heavy. And so her, she would just bash her head all the time. It was like the most horrifying thing. And you're like, you're like, no, no, I don't want you to learn to walk because you keep hurting yourself. But really they don't, they just keep doing it. They don't think, oh, I'm, I'm bad at this. They just keep doing it and then they walk. So I think it's a similar thing with creating new pathways in your brain. Like for a long time, you're just going to keep falling. And then eventually you have this new set of, of, (laughs) it actually does change change the physical makeup of your brain, then you have a new way of thinking about it. And that's worth it. I think it is worth it. And just know though, in times of stress and trauma, that it's going to not be at your fingertip. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm thinking about this. I know this is really an episode is all about habits and healthy things, which I really do want to touch on, but I'm thinking about, I keep thinking about obviously, cause it's just on my mind, like social media and like the current state of everything. And the emotional, I mean, rightly so, it's a very, very emotional response. And it's like, we're expecting new pathways, which I'm assuming you haven't mentioned how long it actually takes to form a new pathway and do something differently. I'm sure there's probably lots of factors that go into it. But like, we expect people to automatically have an answer, a a response, and it needs to be like, fully well thought out and like exactly what needs to be like heard or said or demonstrated. And I feel like that's neurologically probably a pretty hard thing to do, but maybe you have Mm -hmm. some insight onto that. Like I feel like growth of new behaviors, patterns, thoughts take, takes time. Does it, does Mm -hmm. it not? Or am I totally just making that up? It does take time. I mean, it's just such a, a nuance, like you said, conversation. I love the health and wellness community. I really do. I've gotten so much personally in my own journey to health, like from so many really knowledgeable people that I've worked with one-on-one, but sometimes I can, all, I, it, it feels like I open up Instagram or whatever, a social media app. And there's something like someone saying like, okay, you've got to fast or mm. you've got to eat paleo or nope, you've actually got to eat like AIP or like carbs are back. Like <laughs> Make sure you're getting your carbs in or make sure you're crossfitting and actually crossfit is not that great for you and make sure you're running, but like not too much running because you don't want to, I mean, it just feels like literally, how are you supposed to form a habit around wellness when there's something new every single day? How do yeah. you like help cut through that noise and how do you find individual individualized wellness for yourself? How do you avoid all that new like info, which can sometimes be distracting? I know that's a lot of questions in once, but... Wow, well, no, how do you do second, that? <laughs> there's a whole part in the book, and I bet you haven't gotten to it, but there's a, a paragraph that literally reads like you just said about the conflicting information that we get about what we should be doing. And so I often talk about should to good. So stop shooting all over yourself uh-huh. and find your good. So there's a couple of things I talk about on how to find your good versus your should. And then I also talk about the 80-20 rule, which is 20% of your habits and actions yield 80% of your results. So you can, if you can hone in on your on your basic things, that's a way to individualize. So the should to good part is starting to be aware of the shoulds in your own life, whether you're saying them to yourself or people are saying them to you. And then deciding, is this a should 
that's really just someone else's, like, it doesn't matter to me. Mm. Like, I should send Christmas cards. (laughs) I should be doing cardio. I should cook every single meal for my family. Now, I don't know what your shoulds and goods are, but you probably do if you stop to examine it. So if it's a should that really you don't, it doesn't align with your values, it doesn't align with what you care about, then that's that's a good way to start individualizing. Like this is not, a, this doesn't align with my values. It doesn't allow what, align with what I, how I want to feel in my life. I don't need to do this. I can let this go. I can tune, turn down the volume. Or it might be a should that is pointing you in the, it's a North Star should. You know, I should like, you know, with the Instagram thing, like I should be more clear on my values so I can communicate them. That might be hard. <laughs> it might not feel good, but it, it might, that might be, that is aligned with my values. That is aligned with how I feel. Or I should be hydrating. You know, is that because other people tell you to, or because you know, when you drink a lot of water, you feel a lot better. So that's a North Star should. So that's a really good, just like quick mnemonic phrase to ask yourself when you should comes up all the time when you start paying attention to it and then asking is this a should or a good and if it is a good how can I prioritize this because you keep saying like you know we will talk about habits but I would argue this is all about habit if because go about habits like just it's more to do it's not, that's not how we need to do it. <laughs> if you know what your goods are, you there's so much, should, so many should habits that you can just wipe off the list. Oh my gosh. So that was just like a lightning bolt to my forehead. Like, of course, we're talking about that as it is, because I'm thinking in my, you know, my default mode that, that like, okay. And I know like your book has very actionable steps, but there's going to be like, here's the perfect, here's exactly what you need to do. And here's the things you're going to check off your list to like create this habit. And I know there's guidance in there, but it's like, it's like process versus end result, I think is what you're probably going to talk about or what you're actually saying. There's a chapter on that. (laughs) I have not even read that the whole book and I'm already like picking up what you're throwing down here. So you have predicted. Yes. So process over goal. Like Mm -hmm. what if we made the goal, the process Mm. and it, you know, we go about habits the way we go about productivity, which is like, there's a right way to do it and a perfect plan. And I just need to follow it. And I'm always like, that's not, no, that's not how this works. What it is, is figuring out what works for you, which is hard. That's mm-hmm. challenging, right? That's, that's not, we haven't really learned how to do that. And also that's not what the advice is right. <laughs> out there. So when it's like, how do I want to feel? Why do I want to feel that way? What are my values? And then consistently and constantly asking, is this right for me? Is this aligned? Then you focus on those habits and guess what? They're a lot fewer. So it's a lot easier. And you do that in a way that is, that is consistency without perfection. So more days than you don't. And when the process becomes the goal, it's very freeing Mm -hmm. because it's really about, I always say like habits build into routines which build into days, weeks, mm. and our lives. So it's the day-to-day, what we do every day, that really is 
what matters. And so I, I always encourage people to think about that. Like if you are saying, okay, here's what's really, here's my brilliant at the basics. Here's my goods. How am I going to focus on those today? You're going to probably feel a lot better, but also get the results a mm-hmm. lot, maybe not faster, but more consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi friends, Laura here. Also shroom lover. <laughs> If you've been following me for long, you know that I love myself some shrooms in the morning and I am super excited that Four Sigmatic is now offering a really, really rad ground mushroom coffee with both lion's mane and chaga. It's totally shifted my mornings. I find that typical coffee leaves me anxiety prone, a little bit extra stressed out and feeling like I'm spinning my wheels, but not actually being productive. This coffee is very, very different. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. If you don't know, Four Sigmatic is a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. So chaga is the king of mushrooms. And right now, chaga is actually my favorite because it's boosting immunity, it's making me feel good, and that in combination with lion's mane, which helps give me a brain boost, really makes for an awesome day. I'm super excited right now to let you know that we've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling, brand new Lion's Mane Coffee. This is just for the Modern Mamas podcast listeners. Because we love you, you can receive up to 39% off their best-selling Lion's Mane Coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com slash modernmamas. This offer is not available on their regular website. Go to F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash modern mamas and fuel your your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The full discount will be applied at checkout. Enjoy. Happy shrooming. You know, in my moments of like calm peacefulness, I I got this journal called the five minute journal actually was gifted to me because I never journal and then have never stuck with any sort of I'll say I'll change my way of saying this in the past. I have never (laughs) stuck with any sort of like gratitude practice or anything like that. But I love that in the the journal, one of the things that asks you, and it does, it literally takes like probably less than five minutes, but like what would make today great? And you pick three things and they have to be things that you can control, right? And so it's really fun. And then for me to like go back at the end of the day and look at it and be like, okay, cool. Like I put stuff in there, like I get to listen to Taylor Swift. Like I'll listen to a Taylor Swift song. That would make today great. Or like I get to go on a walk with my husband, like that would make today great. And it's really nothing. Some of it's work stuff. Like today I put down, like just having a really present podcast recording with you. And some of it is work related, but a lot of the times it's just like, I got to smile. Like I got to dance. I got to water my plants. Like I got to take a moment of rest. And like, I think, cause one of my quote unquote goals for this year has been to relax into more ease, to do mm-hmm. less to be more present, to be more joyful. It's it's been a challenging start, but like (laughs) it (laughs) it really, really has. But like when I look back at what would make those days great, like everything that I put down on there are things that are still getting me closer to that goal. Mm -hmm. Even if the rest of the day looks like a total crap show, you know, like I still, I love that because it's still the process, the process of like choosing those things, finding joy, finding the little things. I don't know. Does that make any sense? It does. I often quote, if you haven't seen Hamilton, which is now on Disney Plus, <laughs> we're big fans. We are too. Okay. So if you haven't, you have to imagine. But there's a character based on historical characters named Eliza. 
And she's the wife of Hamilton. And she has a song and a line that says, could it be enough? And it's like, I cry every time. No, <laughs> I cry my God, every time. So good. I watch that because what she's saying to him is, could our, could this life right now, could it be enough? Mm-hmm. Could our marriage right now, could it be enough? Mm-hmm. What if you, could you stop? At least this is how I interpret the song mm-hmm. and the lyrics that could you stop trying to strive for something so far outside of yourself and so far ahead that you miss what we have here right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you're just Oh, I'm going to cry. I know. <laughs> oh, I told you I might cry before we start recording and dang it. <laughs> but I think about that when you, with the process of the daily habits, like why, what is this for? And that if you were to say, what are, what would make today great or what would, how I like to ask, like, what do I want to focus on and how do I want to feel? Those are often very simple things. Mm-hmm. A walk with your husband, spending a few minutes with your kid that you don't feel distracted, like you have to do something else. Mm-hmm. Having like an interrupted conversation. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, but they're these, they are really small things. And, and could it be enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I like to think about it. And, oh, we're getting and I, I deep think there. It can be enough. Yeah. yeah I, I actually think it can be enough. And I think, I think that that contributes to our wholeness and our ability to be, to, to do, the, to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. Because when we, when we aren't whole and we're afraid, we, we can't mm-hmm. be there to do the things that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is so good. I have so many more questions. I know we're kind of like rounding out our time, but what I want to know is, well, obviously my big question is like, because I'm I'm very much like, I need proof that this will work. If I change my whole <laughs> life and I stop striving, like, is this going to work, you know? And so I would just, I really would love to know, like, obviously it's not a perfect science. There's going to be days that you're challenged. And like you said, it's not about feeling good every moment of the day. But like, have you seen a big shift in your life? Like looking at the old Robin who was like stressed out and trying to do all the things like, do you truly feel more at peace and like more joy and more wellness now with all of these, with doing less essentially, like being it more, having it be more simple? Mm, 100%. And I will encourage you if this feels like a lot, it, it, it could be a lot, but you don't have to do it all at once. Like you could really start, let's say you looked at the self-compassion chapter or the or the sorry flexible thinking power middle whatever spoke to you and you said i'm just going to adopt one of these things you know and let's see if a small shift makes a difference if you want to test me you can <laughs> i have listeners of the podcast the reason i wrote the book is because people were like oh my gosh okay i've been listening for a year two years i literally didn't believe you <laughs> until I heard you say it enough times and then I tried it and then I saw oh my gosh that that changed something for me so if you don't believe me I appreciate you saying that because I think most people don't (laughs) they're like okay intellectually I get it but I just can't give up this other thing that I've been doing (laughs) like just try one part one little part of the book whether it's a mindset shift or some of the habit stuff that's in the second half And if it works, then maybe add another thing and then you can start to see. But 
for me, just a, a couple of quick examples, you know, I couldn't have written the book without the shift because I am such a striver and it's not a personality type. I just like to say that, but my, my mind goes in that direction, comparison, all or nothing, thinking, perfection, crippling Mm -hmm. to me was Mm -hmm. crippling to me. So to be able to write the book was a full expression of how far I'd come. Mm. And then I would say in terms of dealing with the pandemic, it's like my lifeline. I just don't know what I would be doing if I didn't have those tools, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean I wake up every day joyful and singing with the birds. <laughs> like a Disney princess? <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> nope. Nope. But I just handle setbacks so much with more grace and ease. And just, it's like riding the waves, you know, it's like, okay, what do I need today? I need a lot of self-compassion today. Oh, I need, I got back into all or nothing thinking, how do I get out of that? Mm, okay. I'm making, I'm so decision fatigued. How do I handle this? So it has, I know people say like, oh, it's changed my life and we overuse that, but I can't think of an, any other way to say it, except it has changed my life. And not only am I more whole, like happy person who's not missing my daily life, trying mm-hmm. to do something that I feel bad about. But also, I've actually gotten really great results. Like, yeah. you know, I did write a book and I have mm-hmm. a podcast and I, I managed to be able to keep these things going, I think, only because of the practices and habits in the book. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like you have been able to find, so like my, one of my major, the things that like wars with me all the time, and I think our listeners can probably relate, is it's the balance, I guess balance is the right word. I don't know that balance is ever fully achievable, but like trying to do your business or your job if you, you know, work for someone else and also be a good partner or a good mom or a good friend or, you know, a good sister, daughter. Do you still feel like you're able to, because we're really talking, we've only kind of touched on like the things you've been able to accomplish in your business, but like, do you feel like this has carried over into your relationships like outside of work? Yes. And since we've talked about should to good, I'll use that here again, which is like, oh, I don't, you know, balance isn't the problem. It's when we apply perfection to balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I, I can see through that, that it doesn't have to like, if think about balance when you're standing up, you're not like perfectly centered. Mm-hmm. I used to teach yoga. And so like you do a You'd like think about your feet and are they centered front to back and side to side. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't press into our feet into all four corners of each foot when you're standing. You roll in or out. You you tend to put weight in the front or back, and that's okay because you're always compensating so you don't fall down. Mm -hmm. I don't really care if you're rolling in or out or front or back. Like just don't fall over, right? (laughs) So you're making these compensations. If we were all so focused on like perfectly. Imagine if I was like, okay, the next time you walk, you need to have a perfect heel strike, roll off the ball of your foot, don't roll in or out. Would you be able to walk? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> right. <laughs> same exact, same analogy with balance if we're trying to be perfect about it. Mm-hmm. I just am going to walk imperfectly <laughs> on my rolling in feet. So when I think about relationships or when I think about you know, the way that I'm involved in my community or the way I'm involved in my friendships or, you know, how I manage our house or any of those things. The difference is I don't, it's like, 
everything does not matter equally. So mm. if I'm just focusing on my goods, then there's a lot of stuff I don't have to do or care mm-hmm. about or feel mm-hmm. guilty about. And that has made me, I feel like a better parent and a better spouse. And in that I'm not always like frantic and angry all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that it's like, oh, that I wish, you know, for, I wish that we had a perfectly clean house, but that's not the season. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let that go. So I don't know if that totally answered your question, but that's kind of how I think about it. No, I mean, I, I think that that definitely, I love the way that you kind of applied that to the way it transitions over into like relationships and home life and all that stuff. I think that definitely answers my question, man, this is so good. And I hope I'm going to change the title of the episode. I think it was going to be how to turn healthy behaviors into habits, but I really think it's going to be how to rethink what habits are, you know, like how to think differently about them. And I hope this really gets people's wheels turning before we kind of sign off. I would love to like, what do you really hope everyone takes away from this episode? You know, one, two, whatever it is you feel called to like, really hammer home? What do you really want our audience to know? Well, it's the same thing I end the book with. So spoiler alert, (laughs) if you get the book. (laughs) So my parents have been married for 40 years, 40 plus, and they, my dad wrote some of their vows. And so when my husband and I got married, which was almost 20 years ago, I know I'm so young. I was very young, very young. Everyone's like, how old are you? (laughs) I'm 41. I got married when I was 20. That's amazing. 21 or two. Anyway, when we got married, we decided to also write our own vows, part of them, and we took them from my dad. And the vow, marriage vows are, I have only one life and it is only so long and I choose to spend it with you. And so for the book, I wanted to end it and our conversation today with you have only one life and it's only so long and I hope you can spend it feeling good. Oh my gosh. That is so good, friend. Like it's really good and I I I mean that's like hitting a part that I think I needed to hear at least personally today. And hopefully people out there who are listening can also take a lot from that because, yeah. And it's going back again to like what you were saying when I read from the book. It doesn't mean that things aren't hard. It doesn't mean that the world is a scary kind of often horrible place. But like it doesn't mean you can't feel joy and feel good. And I just I love that so much. Thank you. This was the the podcast episode I didn't know that I needed to record on this <laughs> specific day. <laughs> well, don't you love it when it works out like I that? I do. I really, really do. I so enjoyed this. And just to wrap it up, because I know people are going to be kind of looking for you. Where can we find you? Where can we find your work, your social media? If you're doing social media right now, where can we find the book? Tell us all the things. Well, you can pop on over if you're on your podcast app and just search Feel Good Effect. I have new episodes every week. And this is a lot of them are solo episodes where I just kind of go deep into like one of these kind of workshoppy kind of questions so that you can continue to think about it, practice it. And that's called the feel good effect. And then the book is called the feel good effect anywhere books are sold and also an audiobook in various places worldwide as well. And then you can find me um, realfoodwholelife.com. I also have like 500 recipes and Ooh. 
all kinds of very just like simple where people are always like, wait, can it be this easy? I'm like, yes, it can. <laughs> it can be this easy. And there's like a newsletter there. And then I am on on social at Real Food Whole Life. I do love, I, I mean, it's such a, a hard place to be, but I do love connect, like individual connections are really important to me. So if you want to message me and say you heard this episode, I would love that. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your heart and this book and your wisdom and all of the knowledge that you've spent your whole life creating in your brain and putting it on paper. And we're just so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Robin. No, oh, thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye, friend. I don't know what to say. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.